0: Chapter 6 of the Ocean Wafes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Ocean Wafes by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter 6 Flying Fish. The Flying Fish takes rank as one of the most conspicuous wonders of the sea and in a tale essentially devoted to the great deep it is a subject deserving of more than a passing notice from the earliest periods of ocean travel men have looked with astonishment upon a phenomenon not only singular at first sight but which still remains unexplained namely a fish and a creature believed to be formed only for dwelling under water springing suddenly above the surface to the height of a two-story house and passing through the air to the distance of a furlong before falling back into its own proper element it is no wonder that the sight should cause surprise to the most indifferent observer nor that it should have been long a theme of speculation within the curious and an interesting subject of investigation to the naturalist as flying-fish but rarely make their appearance except in warm latitudes few people who have not voyaged to the tropics have had an opportunity of seeing them in their flight very naturally therefore it will be asked what kind of fish that is to what species and what genus the flying-fish belong were there only one kind of these curious creatures the answer would be easier but not only are there different species, but also different genera of fish, endowed with the faculty of flying, and which, from the earliest times and in different parts of the world, have equally received this characteristic appellation. A word or two about each sort must suffice. First, then, there are two species belonging to the genus Trigla, or the Gurnards, to which Monsieur la Cepeda has given the name dactylopterus one species is found in the mediterranean and individuals from a foot to fifteen inches in length are often taken by the fishermen and brought to the markets of malta sicily and even to the city of rome the other species of flying gurnard occur in the indian ocean and the seas around china and japan the true flying fish however that is to say those that are met with in the great ocean and most spoken of in books and in the yarns of the sailor are altogether of a different kind from the gurnards. they are not only different in genus but in the family and even the order of fishes they are of the genus exocetus and in form and other respects have a considerable resemblance to the common pike there are several species of them inhabiting different parts of the tropical seas, and sometimes individuals in the summer have been seen as far north as the coast of Cornwall in Europe and on the banks of Newfoundland in America. Their natural habitat, however, is in the warm latitudes of the ocean, and only there are they met with in large schools and seen with any frequency taking their aerial flight. For a long time there was supposed to be only one, or at most two, species of the Exocetus, but it is now certain that there are several, perhaps as many as half a dozen, distinct from each other. They are all much alike in their habits, differing only in size, color, and such like circumstances. Naturalists disagree as to the character of their flight. Some assert that it is only a leap, and this is the prevailing opinion their reason for regarding it thus is that while the fish is in the air there cannot be observed any movement of the wings pectoral fins and moreover after reaching the height to which it attains on its first spring it cannot afterwards rise higher but gradually sinks lower till it drops suddenly back into the water this reasoning is neither clear nor conclusive a similar power of suspending themselves in the air without motion of the wings, is well known to belong to many birds, as the vulture, the albatross, the petrels, and others. Besides, it is difficult to conceive of a leap twenty feet high and two hundred yards long, for the flight of the exocetus has been observed to be carried to this extent, and even farther. It is probable that the movement partakes both of the nature of leaping and flying that it is first begun by a spring up out of the water a power possessed by most other kinds of fish and that the impulse thus obtained is continued by the spread fins acting on the air after the fashion of parachutes it is known that the fish can greatly lighten the specific gravity of its body by the inflation of its swim-bladder which when perfectly extended occupies nearly the entire cavity of its abdomen in addition to this there is a membrane in the mouth which can be inflated through the gills these two reservoirs are capable of containing a considerable volume of air and as the fish has the power of filling or emptying them at will they no doubt play an important part in the mechanism of its aerial movement one thing is certain that the flying fish can turn while in the air that is diverge slightly from the direction first taken and this would seem to argue a capacity something more than that of a mere spring or leap besides the wings make a perceptible noise a sort of rustling often distinctly heard and they have been seen to open and close while the creature is in the air a shoal of flying fish might easily be mistaken for a flock of white birds though their rapid movements and the glistening sheen of their scales especially when the sun is shining usually disclose their true character they are at all times a favourite spectacle and with all observers the old salt who has seen them a thousand times and the young sailor on his maiden voyage who beholds them for the first time in his life many an hour of ennui occurring to the ship-traveller as he sits upon the poop restlessly scanning the monotonous surface of the sea, has been brought to a cheerful termination by the appearance of a shoal of flying fish suddenly sparkling up out of the bosom of the deep. The flying fish appear to be the most persecuted of all creatures. It is to avoid their enemies under water that they take fin and mount into the air. But the old proverb, out of the frying pan into the fire, is but too applicable in their case, for in their endeavours to escape from the jaws of dolphins albacores bonitos and other petty tyrants of the sea they rush into the beaks of gannets boobies albatrosses and other petty tyrants of the sky much sympathy has been felt or at all events expressed for these pretty and apparently innocent little victims but alas our sympathy receives a sad shock when it becomes known that the flying fish is himself one of the petty tyrants of the ocean being like his near congener, the pike a most ruthless little destroyer and devourer of any fish small enough to go down his gullet besides the two genera of flying fish above described there are certain other marine animals which are gifted with a similar power of sustaining themselves for some seconds in the air they are often seen in the Pacific and Indian Oceans, rising out of the water in shoals, just like the Exoceti, and like them, endeavoring to escape from the albacores and bonitos that incessantly pursue them. These creatures are not fish in the true sense of the word, but mollusks of the genus Loligo, and the name given to them by the whalers of the Pacific is that of flying squid. End of chapter six.